Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 282, recorded on May 28th, 2020. On tonight's episode, we welcome Adam Raffel, editor-in-chief for GamesReviews.com, to the podcast to discuss the latest headlines, rumors, and events. Jesse, cue the music. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Justin Mass, and welcome to Nintendo Dads episode 282. And joining me are three of the coolest guys around the internet. Speaking of cool, number one, Mr. Jesse Waldack, or as I refer to him, Eric. Eric, what's going on today? <laughs> Greetings, I'm good. It's been a really weird week with having Monday off as a, as a holiday, and then uh, a, a friend of ours was. Uh, furloughed for two weeks so we decided to help him out and ask for him to like rip out some carpet and put in some new linoleum so we ordered like fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff and offered to pay him like a thousand dollars for it as he's pulling up the carpet he says you have hardwood floors under here and they're still good quality so we're like okay let's change the scope of this project <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, and I think this is like the original hardware floors when the house was built wow. in the 60s. And most of it's still pretty good. That's awesome. That was, yeah. Very cool. Speaking of a man who I think is handy, but I don't really know that for sure, Mr. Timothy Off. Timothy, how are you today? I'm doing great, and I'm feeling great that I didn't say Nintendo Nudes this week, so... Yeah, that's a nice change. We appreciate that. It'd be a very different show, <laughs> Nintendo Nudes. I yes. think I think we may either get more Twitch subscribers or less. I'm betting I'm betting on less. It, it might balance out. Less. It might balance out, you know. So, but yeah. that's that's going to be our next venture is seeing if we can just start streaming like slightly topless, right? Hello, watch <laughs> me play. Right, this is getting this is getting R-rated already. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, of course, joining us. I'm excited. I've spoken to this man for probably about four or five years. Never had him on the podcast, and we said, "Sure, look at uh, a fellow Canuck residing over on the Eastern Time Zone." So he's suffering with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Adam Raffle from GamesReview.com. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm not as uh, I'm not doing as much work as Jesse is on my house, but doing work. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. And, and keeping well and staying well, right? For sure. Nice. Nice. And of course, folks, we're going to give Adam some time later to talk about what he does, editor-in-chief uh, of GamesReview.com. But if you haven't, guys, head over there, GamesReview.com, uh, some fantastic work and, and content being put out there. Uh, and we're going to talk about also Adam kind of being a bit of a Disney nerd and geek as well. So we're excited to talk about all of that. Guys, it's been a, it's been a week, so let's just jump right into it, shall we? And of course, the news is brought to us by, well, bought, brought to us by you over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Guys, huge, huge thank you to our new patrons who are absolutely tremendous. And we are so thankful uh, for your support every single day. I want to call out a couple of these. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for becoming a new patron. Chad, thank you so much as well. Joe, man, thank you guys so much. And there was another one that I know we missed. We had missed it a couple weeks ago, and I said, we're not going to miss it this week. And I need to go find it. Do you remember who it was, Tim? No, but I will I'm, find out. I'm throwing Tim on the spot right now. I'm like, Tim, you need to go find this. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for your continued support over Patreon.com. Quick reminder here, last two months, because life has been kind of sucky, we said, hey, 
hey, patron, patrons free. Do what you want. Uh, we are closing that up. We're ending the kind of two-month free trial here at the end of May. So what does that mean? Uh, I want to ensure if you have been a Patreon person who's been here and you need to change your tiers or you want to stay the way you are or you like coming in for two months, having a look about, and you're like, it's not for me, that's okay. I want to make sure you have the time and opportunity to do those adjustments as well. So June 1st, uh, Patreon will be triggering their, their payment. So if you need to, to adjust, to move, to leave, that's 100% okay. There are no hard feelings. There are no uh, regrets. We hope we thank you for being part of our community for whatever time that was for you. Uh, and thank you so much. So again, reminder, we are going to start charging again in, in June 1st. So make those adjustments as well. Speaking of some changes to Patreon, Tim or, or Jesse, what's going on here with I see some some Patreon notes here. What is this? Yeah, we did talk about a little bit this, la this last week. So did I you? won't okay, I, I won't detail it. But we do, do want to mention again, starting July 1st, uh, Patreon will start charging sales tax for some uh, tiers and, and some depending on what is they consider to be taxable or not, depending on on whatever state and local laws okay. are requiring them to do so. So that's that's nothing we we can control. It, yeah. it, and the, I think they will. I think near June first, Patreon themselves will send out an email to everybody letting them know if this will impact you or not. So look for that next week. Yeah, exactly. So again, there are some changes to Patreon as its own vehicle, and then some adjustments to ours as well. But guys, enough about enough about how we keep the lights on. Let's just jump right into some news here, will we? Uh, we're going to kick off with some quick uh, piece. Tomorrow is a big day, right? Adam, we were talking about this pre-show. Tomorrow is a big day for a lot of games that are coming out. Uh, so just as a quick reminder, we got Borderlands Collection coming out tomorrow, Bioshock Collection, XCOM 2, We've got Xenoblade Chronicles. Adam, any of those piquing your interest? Borderlands for sure. Borderlands for sure. And why, why Borderlands? I love that franchise. Love the whole franchise. Um, but, you know, as I get older, my kids get older, more responsibilities. I don't have enough time to sit in front of my Xbox yeah. for hours on end, but I can play with my Switch while watching hockey or watching something with my wife or whatever. So that's the the perfect uh perfect package for me nice for those of you keeping score yes within less than 10 minutes another fellow canadian has referenced hockey so uh that's a great reference point if you need to for your bingo scorecards let's do that yeah i'm, I'm right on with you there i'm i'm excited for borderlands uh one of our fantastic patrons i asked for like hey which of these do you recommend again it was like perfect review of like hey go with borderlands so i'm gonna go with borderlands tomorrow i'm excited for this as well and yeah it just feel like a perfect game right where you can kind of, you know, doesn't have to be super involved either. Um, Tim, Jesse, any of these picking you guys up? All of it. I'm not Tim, Tim's all. Tim's all no, in. The, I, I like. I haven't played all of them. I I dabbled with um, the bio, the third Bioshock game on the PS4, I believe, is when I had, or was it PS3? Whichever one of those. Because I don't think I got it when it was remastered on the PS4, but um, but I didn't finish it. And it's one of those things, like Adam was saying, is it seems like any of these games would be better if I can play them on the go or be able to, you know, right now, just play around the house, I guess. So, yeah, <laughs> just walk in room to room. You're like, man, right. Borderlands in the toilet is awesome. That's right. Borderlands in the boot room is awesome. <laughs> right. But which one am I going to go with first? I don't know yet because I can't get them all at the same time. But sure. It's certainly, you know, a tough decision to make. Yeah. And that is a big drop. 
you know what I mean? Like those, that is a big drop on, on one day of, of some pretty fantastic games. Uh, right. Jesse, any of these interest you? I know you're a big looter shooter, uh, gaming, shooting guns fan of games. So I'm sure Borderlands not, is up your alley, right? No. Yeah, I'm not. And, uh, none of these interest me. And, uh, in fact, I have played a little bit of Bioshock back in, when it was new on the PS3. Then one of my, like every three or four years, I try a shooter and, and remember, oh yeah, I don't like these. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm passing on all of them. I have a, I just bought three games today that I haven't had a chance to play yet, so I have enough of a backlog already. That's fair. Now, of course, the big one from Nintendo being tomorrow, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Adam, uh, Reviews.com got uh, early access to it and had an opportunity to play it and review it as well. Uh, any kind of highlights from your reviewer and kind of their thoughts or impressions? Um... Not as graphically enhanced as you would have thought it would be. Mm. Definitely better. Um, but I think a lot of people are expecting it to kind of get up to Xenoblade Chronicles 2 level, at least closer. Mm. It's not. Um, character models definitely improved, but there's still some of that muddied uh, environmental stuff that you're going to notice when you play. Um, we, we reviewed it actually lower than most people. Uh, I think we gave it an 8.5, and I think the average right now is about a 9. Yeah. Um, but we praised Future Connected a lot more than other outlets did, which was uh, interesting to read. So why is that? Why? Why? Uh, what? What gave the praise for Future Connected? And of course, for those who don't know, Future Connected is essentially a fifteen to twenty minute standalone. In some ways, kind of like uh, the Golden Torna, right? From yeah. I heard it was more than that. I heard it was several hours. Okay. Yeah. So, so Adam, do you know why that is, or what's the what's the going on there? Um, I think it's a lot because of like you're fleshing out some other characters. Um, so our reviewer liked that aspect of fleshing out mm. some of these lesser characters. I forget who what her name is. Starts with an M. Um, off the top of my head, don't remember. It's okay. A lot of other outlets though are saying I don't care about those characters, so mm. I don't care about this additional content. Yeah. Um, I would agree, and I was talking to our reviewer this week, and he said he agreed. Like you're not buying this for that. Like, there's, there's no reason to buy this package just for that. Mm. So if you don't plan on playing the main game, like, it's probably a pass, but like, it's a, that's a great, it's a great RPG. Like, yeah. I played it back on the Wii. I skipped okay. the remake on the 3DS. Um, I might get this one down the road if yeah. I ever feel like there's a wall, because it is a long, it's a long game. I think I saw a Kotaku article today. It said there's like 95,000 side quests that you could wow. potentially do. I saw that on Twitter today. Wow. So. It's a bit much for me right now, but yeah. in the future. Yeah, and I think I think it's 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 interesting the time it kind of drops, right? And I think sometimes when you look at like what's in a calendar, right, for Nintendo, and again, so we're just thinking Nintendo first party games, right? They, you know, you, you kind of drop an RPG when there's a lull, right? There's that big gap of time, or you know, the audience is different. We saw that a little bit with uh, Animal Crossing. I'd make that argument, right? We drop it in March, and like. There's been nothing from Nintendo until we finally get here. And now we're moving into a big RPG. Um, now, of course, the the actual thing we do know that's on Nintendo's calendar, of course, is middle of July, and that's going to be uh, uh, Paper Mario. There it is. Thank you. Right. So I think it's, I think it's really, really in- interesting. A lot of people say it's a great RPG to jump into. And I think, uh, you know, it's a fascinating game because, I mean, it was, was it on the Wii? Or, is it on the Wii originally? Yeah, Wii right. originally. Yeah. The Wii originally, 3DS, right? Which was a bad remake. Yeah, bad remake, and then it finds its way on the Switch. 
Like this, like this thing has it, it been. It was new through... 3ds only. It wasn't run on an original yeah. 3ds. And I've looked at it a couple of times because I remember the Xenoblade. Like everyone talks positively of Xenoblade, right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a huge RPG JRPG fan, but it always kind of drew my attention. And I was like, I remember they had like sale. It was like twenty bucks, and I'm like, oh, should I buy it? But I chose not to. Um, but it's it looks like there's a very rabid fan base for this game, right? There's a very rabid enthusiasm for most of the Xenoblade Chronicles, which I think is 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 so interesting uh, because it's a game that sometimes feels or a franchise that feels very kind of forgotten about in some ways. I think Fire Emblem kind of overtook it as that kind of JRPG or RPG kind of game that we think of. But Monolith and Nintendo has done a banger of a job uh, kind of building a franchise off it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, anyone else here? So, Tim, you don't know what you're going to pick up tomorrow? No, I'm, I, I'm kind of feeling it out, I guess. So it's probably going to be... I mean, I got, I like the shooters. I like the Borderlands and the sound of that. Um, and, but then I also didn't get to play the first Bioshock. So, and I may just buy, I might not buy the collections. I'll probably just buy each game individually and play them mm-hmm. as I go along. And that is a, that is a great point, right? If you go into your brick and mortar store, of course, if you're able to go into a brick and mortar <laughs> store or if Amazon is possibly shipping it out to you, uh, it's a full collection. Right, of course. Uh, if you are going into the eShop, you can buy the games separately. The Bioshock ones you can buy all separately or as a collection. With Borderlands, you can get either the Handsome Jack collection or the Game of the Year edition. Now, Game of the Year is only basically Borderlands 1. Handsome Jack is Borderlands 2 plus the prequel, which is the one that was on the Vita. So there's a little bit of kind of splitting and choosing what you want. As a reminder, Big, big downloads associated with them as well. Borderlands 2 collection is coming in at 42 gigs. Uh, Bioshock, 31 gigs. And XCOM is 24 gigs. That is on the retail version, right? So, uh, so again, you're probably looking at the fact that your card is only probably six or add six or eight additional gigs if you're solely going digitally. Uh, so just be very aware of this. And I kind of want to maybe have a conversation, sit in this pocket a little bit. Jesse, am I wrong? Did we not hear that they were working on a 32 gig memory or, or, or card for a while or cartridge? No, I think there's available. I think uh, I forget who, but someone's used it. It's just it, it's just more money at the cost level for the for the publisher that no publisher or one publisher was willing to actually pay it. So they it's go just, with the smaller size card and make people download. It it feels a little bit ridiculous. Like, like if you could say, hey, it's all on the one card, like with that, I don't know, Adam, what's your thought on this kind of like, here, buy a cartridge and then, by the way, get the rest of the the downloadable content later. And maybe, and maybe I'm just flustered about it because that's what maybe the other systems do a lot of, uh, like big day one patches and put it in. But like, it, it just kind of feels a bit, a bit um, sleazy in some ways. What are your thoughts? It actually annoys me okay. with all these big, these big downloads you got to do because... So I live in a fairly, what would be considered a rural community. Um, we're just getting like fiber internet installed now. Um, to, for me to download 42 gig is like an overnight thing. So even mm-hmm. when I pick up tomorrow, because I'll be picking up retail, even when I pick up tomorrow, like I'm not playing it. Yeah. Because the downloads are so big. Um, I, I mean, I get the, I get the cutting cost side on the, on the publishing side of things, but I, do, would I pay the extra money 
I don't think so because Justin, you'll know in Canada, games are already expensive enough mm-hmm. at eighty bucks. Yep. These ones are coming in cheaper, but sixty. Yeah, but in general, eighty bucks. Um, if you're telling me it's going to be another five or another whatever round number, five or ten, to get a bigger card, I, I, like I'm at the same time, I'm not sure I'm there at the price point yeah. either. So that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and of course, Wag in the chat says Witcher Three is the thirty-two gig game. That's all on yeah. cart. Is that all on cart? I thought there was a patch also. All on cart. Well, there might well, be patches. To clean yeah, up patches. bugs. Yeah, but, no, I, I thought it was but 32 it's not and then a, another. It, it's, it's not a you have to download this in order to play the game. Okay, okay. It, gotcha. it can be played without patching if you don't have internet. Okay. Now, I would also be remiss. Obviously, we're giving we're giving uh, 2K a bit of a, you know, browbeating in relation to this. 2K is not the only one that's done this, right? So we thought we've seen Everyone Bethesda do it, this. Which is why Sorry? 2K. Everyone has done it, which is why 2K thinks they can get away with it. Right. We saw obviously the Doom or no Wolfenstein, right? That was a big one, right? And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Outer Worlds, which comes out next week, is doing the exact same thing as well. And I think that's about a 31 gig uh, update as well. So this seems to be a little bit of of the norm. Adam, you're saying no? Is there a cart for that? I don't even think there's a cart for that. There there? is a cart for that because I got it pre ordered at EB Games. Uh, Yeah. I saw the the packaging, like the PR sent me the packaging. And on the packaging image that I have, it does say digital download only, like no Which card game? included. Outer Worlds. Well, okay, that was the old box. The new that's the when one? they okay. when they delayed it, they decided we're delaying yes. it. So because we're delaying it, and we feel bad, we're going to put it all in the cart, yeah. and it's not going to be digital download. Okay. There have yeah, but it's not all in the cart. Releases, and there have been physical releases that had no cart, only a download yeah. code. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. so yeah, I don't, I don't And by know. the way, uh, it was Mark Ham. I don't know if you mentioned his name, but that's who we forgot the last few times to mention for the Patreon. Thank you. Mark Ham, you are a gentleman and a scholar, a leader of Whimsical Jack. Whimsical cool Jack. Jack. There it is, yes. I, I apologize <laughs> that we've missed you. Deeply apologize. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit. So games are coming out, folks. Um, that's always a good thing, right? I like games coming out. It feels like... It feels like we kind of went through this kind of quiet period and we're starting to find our feet under us again from a gaming perspective. Uh, so lots coming out. Speaking of games that are not coming out, um, if for those of you that are playing at home, uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer, which was originally supposed to be released in mid-May and then was delayed to May 28th, well, sure, look it, May 28th has come and gone and no uh, Star Wars uh, Racer. So... No announcement for when it will be released. I'm not 100% sure. Jesse, you threw this in here. Anything else we got to be aware of there? Uh, It looks like Tim might have put in the Twitter announcement. I'll read that shortly. But I also double-checked the PlayStation 4 release also didn't happen. So at least it isn't just, well, we'll do one console and not the other. So both are delayed. So the Twitter announcement by the developer... We're excited to share our Star Wars Episode One racer with you soon. Unfortunately, due to the ongoing work from home requirements across the industry, the game will be further delayed on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. We'll be back with an update as soon as possible. And that was the on May 11th. So apparently they knew on May 11th that the, the 28th wasn't going to happen after they said the 28th was going to happen. Right. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's not good. Not good. 
Uh, speaking of other uh, interesting news tidbits from Nintendo, just to be aware of, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remaster Edition gets in a release date of August 27th, 2020. That came down the pipeline today. Uh, also, what else do we got here? I'm excited Catherine, for that one, by the way. Are you? Yeah, because I had good memories of the family playing that on GameCube with the Game Boy Advances all hooked up to it and using that capability. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious about that one. And I know it's, yeah. it can be played one player, but it's not really meant to be. Yep. Hmm. Gotcha. Interesting. So I'm, look, I'm looking to forward to seeing more of that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing more on that. Okay. Uh, another piece of information, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics for the Nintendo Switch, which is coming out next week. Uh, a couple pieces of information re- uh, regarding local versus online play. It, there is a free download uh, to allow multiple multiplay with someone else who bought the game and is for local play only. But for those who want to play online will require a purchase of the game. So what we're saying there, Jesse, keep me honest. And I see Adam, you're nodding as well. If it is local play, local as in, Hey, I'm in the room or in the house. It's a free download as long as someone has the actual game. But if I'm wanting to play online, I need a copy of the game. As well. Yeah. We yeah. talked about the, the, the free download last week as well, but at the time we didn't know if it also allowed online Play but free. we did speculate and, most likely it would be this so right yeah. we we doubted it would and it was confirmed based thanks to uh, game explained that it does not work it's only it's local only nice adam are you excited for clubhouse games 51 classic worldwide classics no no <laughs> that's fair that's fair i'm probably more excited for this that than i should be but i don't know why but it's probably more because of you know, it's just your basic board games and card games and all that kind of stuff that I don't have to break out of the cabinet. I can just break out the switch yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to worry about cleanup. Which is weird because I like I love board games. Mm. Yes. Like, I love board games. I have a I have shelves in the basement with over a hundred. But like this Maybe I, that's why you don't like it, because you like that. Possible. Cool. I like to get them to the table. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the one yeah. that has to clean up everything. You know, that's why I'm like, you so much easier to say, just put the switch away. You'll be fine. Yeah, just okay. We're done. But I'm. I had a lot of fun with the DS version, so I'm excited for it. I'm excited to be able to play with the family local wise. So and maybe even do community type stuff with the online stuff. So look nice. forward to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, excellent. Uh, All right. Word that uh, I don't remember who said it first, but they like me about running a chess tournament, and that was like before this game was even announced. So mm. they were planning on it wasn't necessarily anything Nintendo related, just some just something to set up with whatever, however mechanism they could, they could find. But at least this gives a good way to do it if everyone who wants to participate has a copy. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone plays. All right, let's jump into some rumors, shall we? This is always one of my favorite times of the year. And the reason is just on the the eve of E3, right? You can kind of smell it in the air, the energy, the enthusiasm, PR firms scurrying about to get information out. And unfortunately, much like when you walk in on Christmas Eve and you find your mom and dad wrapping presents, the surprise is taken away from you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we've had some rumors and leaks uh, that have kind of occurred through the last day or two that we're going to talk a little bit about here and try and understand maybe what the validity is and maybe shake out what's happened. So if you're like, hey, I don't like rumors, I don't like leaks, pause and come back in probably 20 minutes. We've talked more about 
about this. One of the first rumors comes out this way. Metroid Prime Trilogy, the game that doesn't seem to exist but maybe exists, is rumor is added again. Swedish retailers have listed Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch with a release date of June 19th. So that is three weeks from now. Adam, first, I want to come to you and ask, do you think this is actually happening? But second, Adam, I hear you hate Metroid. What is up with that? It's pretty simple. I've just okay. never connected with Metroid games. Okay. Like, I put them in, I purchased them. Biggest way. Like, if I could look back on, on video games I've purchased, and I would look and say now what were a waste of money, Metroid be right at the top of list. Wow. Like, just didn't hook me, didn't play so them much. Both 2D and 3D? The whole gambit. Okay. Really? Because I know a lot of people, me included, who like one and not the other. Like I'm, I'm a fan of the 2D games, most of them. Uh, but you know, I didn't like Prime. But I, I, I think about this rumor, and there are games I think Nintendo will drop as like just a we're dropping this in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. I feel like this is not one of them. Like this no? is something people want, and so I think. There's a missed hype and a buildup. Okay. But that's like my opinion. But like, no. if they were to drop, like, if they were to tell me, hey, we're dropping, I don't even know, uh, Paper Mario, the GameCube Paper Mario game, we're going to drop that in three weeks. I think that is more of a Nintendo thing to do than, mm. than Metroid, just because there's that, especially with the Origami King video mm -hmm. with that little teaser on the end. Yeah. Like, this is what people want. And I yeah. feel like they'd milk it. It's a good point. I like it. Okay. Tim, what do you think? I, I don't want to hear them anymore. I'm tired of hearing the rumor because it gets my hopes up too much. And especially because I, I am a fan of the prime trilogy games and, um, but it's kind of funny. This came up because I actually took my Wii U, uh, upstairs, connected it next to my nightstand and kind of playing it handheld there. Uh, and I, so I could probably, I wanted to play prime there. Um, and all of a sudden this started coming up again and sure, you know, soon I, I bet you as soon as I start playing this game that it for sure will probably come out. So if anybody wants this game to come out, I'll go ahead and start playing it. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> it's the mother three of this generation. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and this is the interesting thing, right? Like it's a rumor that we've not like, has there ever been any actual evidence do you know what I mean of its existence? Like Nintendo's never claimed it. Now I'm not saying like Nintendo evidentially says this, right? But like usually we have a leaked screenshot or something. So like, and, and the the law, how long this rumor has been floating out there, we have not received any anything. It just feels like it's. I just don't know if it comes to fruition. Interestingly enough, it's the same time that we probably have E3, right? Um, so I, I I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, fingers crossed if you're a Metroid Prime fan that it does, in, does indeed occur, but who knows? The other interesting one that actually leaked out today was from Amazon France. And Amazon France has been uh, loading up some games up into their uh, hopper, their, their sales system, essentially. And they have listed some games for the Switch. So, so they have a total of, I think it's 14 games listed. Three games are from Bethesda. One is Switch only. Two are multi-platform. 
Two games from Square, both are Switch only. Two games from Warner, one is Switch only, one is multi-platform. Two games from Ubisoft, two multi-platform. One game from Take-Two, multi-platform. One game from Capcom, Switch only. And then four Nintendo games listed as well. Do you, first and foremost, any thoughts on any of these? Is this potentially rumor or true in any way? And this, any, it sounds any, like E3 prep if we were having an E3. That's exactly it, right? It very much feels like E3 prep for sure, right? Um, any guesses on what some of these are, maybe? I and no I know idea. that I, and I know Adam, you and I were talking a little bit about pre show. Uh, you know, Ubisoft is in here, but it's a multi platform one. Yeah, so that wouldn't be it. Yeah, because you were thinking maybe Rabbids, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm thinking for Bethesda, it's got to be Doom Eternal, right? The Switch only. Has that one not been listed yet? No, I don't think it's been listed yet. Okay. So I'm yeah, thinking that, that that's definite. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless they do like a Rabbids game that doesn't have Mario characters in it, that then they could do multi, uh, multi-console. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. Rayman or porting Rayman over? I don't know. Another one? Could be. We haven't had a Rayman 2 port in a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, games, two games from Square, both both Switch only. Any thoughts here? Would Final Fantasy Chronicles be be from Square? Well, if they didn't already list it, that, that could be well, one of them. Well, it, yeah. It, yeah, that is from Square because it was a Square PR that I read that from this morning. Right. So that could be one of them. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a joke, but now I don't remember. Is what it I Bravely said. Default 2 Square? Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's Square. <laughs> that one also hasn't been listed yet, though? Yeah, no, it's a TBD. Mm. Yeah, that, that's been announced, but not uh, not re- listed anywhere. No release date. Yeah, that could be it then. Yeah. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you right now Capcom, that Switch only had better be the Disney Afternoon Collection. <laughs> or else we're coming for you. Is it just right? one? We're, it's just one. It's Capcom, yes. one game, Switch only. It better be the Disney Afternoon Collection. Oh, I remember what my joke was for uh, for Square Enix. It'll be uh, a, a chibi version of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay, I like that. Like, yeah. like they gave us Final Fantasy XV mobile version. Okay. <laughs> I like it very much. This kind of leads us into actually... <laughs> this kind of leads us into one of our actual questions. And Adam, I'm going to throw to you first here. And bear with me one second here. I had a, I had a question. Did they list any EA games in that list? Of- There's no EA games there at all. Shocking. Okay. Uh, the question that comes up from us here, uh, this comes from Simon. Simon asks, or says you guys do a great podcast. Well, of course we do, Simon. Thank you very kindly. Uh, will Gary ever be back full time? Uh, stuff to say. To be honest, Simon, uh, Gary is always a part of our team. Uh, he's life is busy for a lot of us, and and uh, and so uh, when he comes back, we're always happy to have him back. When he does, and uh, wake up call is very early there for him. Uh, question, Adam, I'm going to throw this to you first. Which game releases are you most hoping get sprung on us this year? So again, this is be a game we obviously probably don't have an actual knowledge for sure. But what game do you hope gets sprung on us? There's got to be stuff for Mario, right? Okay. Like, that's where I go instantly. Yep. Like, and I feel like if, if they were going to take some of those, like, do I think we're getting a new Mario, like a new Mario title? I, I don't think so. Unless it's another sports collection that is kind of just a play on what they've done in the past. Um, 
when it comes to some of these uh, these GameCube titles, they could potentially, as people are really hoping for, I see those now as very much um, eShop kind of releases outside of something like a Galaxy 1 and 2 collection as mm-hmm. a physical thing. Yeah. Um, I'd put decent money, I think, on that. Okay. And, and that's not even a hopeful thing because it's probably some of my least favorite 3D Mario titles. Okay. Galaxy was one and two. Um, so it's not even like uh, me sitting here being really hopeful that this comes. Like it, it, That would not actually shock me. This okay. Year. So, so, I mean, so if those are kind of like your non-shocks, right? But like, what is it, you know, Adam, you're waking up, you're rolling over, you see the press release. What is it that like shoots you out of bed and is like, holy, what's, what's blowing the top off you? Don't make me beep you again. Yeah, I know. That's why I stopped. <laughs> um, hmm. A good Mario Golf title would shock me. <laughs> not good. Too, uh, it's a uh, little shots fired there. Yeah. Good. So, w- did you not so like the ask- 3DS version? No. Okay. So, when was the last good Mario Golf title? And and I'm hoping you're going to say NES Golf. <laughs> Toadstool Tour. Okay. On the GameCube. All right. Good. Good response. That's a deep cut that I don't think people would have uh, would have thought. And it, it is interesting, right? Like, I mean, I do think that we're missing some more Mario sports games, right? We had Mario Tennis, but it feels like, you know, soccer, strikers, or golf, those feel like natural fits for the platform. It feels like the natural next progression. Yeah, we've never had a football game that that would, not soccer, but football, like American football. I think that would yeah. be so, an interesting take on it. That's, that's something they've never done before. Yeah, no, that'd be interesting as well. Hmm. Could you uh, imagine Tim, if that was a collaboration between Nintendo and EA? And the NFL. Like, just smash the them NFL. all together in a blender yeah. and see what happens. Mario Actually, more specifically, there, wasn't there a game with an NBA license that had Mario characters in it? Once? Or did it not have the NBA license? Uh, maybe the commercials. I don't know. <laughs> maybe oh, it was, I think something? it was GameCube. It was, okay. I don't remember. But that's where we're going to bring in a bell. Instead of the NFL, it's the CFL. It's, it's the Canadian football. There you go. And it's, it's just politer, right? <laughs> and it's just... Uh, I've never watched X- a game in my life, Justin. Really? <laughs> the, the XFL that plays as a game and a half and then has to cancel because of the pandemic? Uh, Blockfort says the NBA streets on the GameCube had Mario characters. That, that's what I'm thinking of. Now, I love our chat. I love our chat because they're like, here's exactly what you're missing. Let me tell you what it is. <laughs> but it's, what, it's what I call the, the chat is the keep us honest uh, group. So thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate that. That is awesome. All right. Uh, okay, folks. Uh, what's blowing your hair back there, Tim? You wake up. I send you, I send you a DM through Discord like I do, and it doesn't say, hey, Tim, I need thumbnail art. Uh, what is it that you're excited about? So uh, there's probably there's several things, um, but I it's more curious than excited. But I'm still stuck on what Doug Bowser said before about them bringing over a 3DS title or two to the Switch, and I want to know what that is. Mm. You know, is it is it their you know Samus Returns? Are they bringing that over because it was a late arrival to 3DS? Is it something else? You know that they're bringing over that was a 3DS classic, maybe. Uh, 3d land along with 3d world who knows i don't know but um i'm really curious about that and i'd be shocked to see what that is you know how they bring over a 3ds game over to 
uh, to the Switch. And I mean, they've done it before, obviously, with DS games and stuff like that. But I'm really curious about that. And um, it, with I, I have been surprised with EA starting to bring more games over too. So anything in relation to that, especially a Madden game, would definitely blow my top off. You know, it's just like I would be jumping up and down and screaming and all over Twitter for that because I'm a I'm a football fan. Well, obviously here because got that on, but uh, I've been wanting an NFL game on the go again ever since the last one they did with the first release on the 3DS, which supposedly is really good, but I never got around to getting that one. But Yeah, we'll probably just uh, release a GameCube version of Madden on Switch and call it a day. <laughs> well, I we've talked about this a million times, obviously, on the show, but just uh, even if it is a retro-type Madden game where they go back and use some of the sprite that they've used before or update some sprite versions that would be kind of cool i think uh i would play that so but you know partnerships always excite me so if there's something that they come up with like we were joking about the ea nfl um mario partnership that would be that would you know be surprising to me um so yeah any of those type of things off the top of my head would you know definitely be like a ooh. <laughs> nice yeah, yeah. jesse pikmin 4 the chat was calling out here a couple moments ago as well. Pick yep. four. That's that's okay. the game I'd like to see. All right, I, yeah, I'd be excellent. okay for a three re uh, re release on Switch, but mm-hmm. I really want to see a four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make mine pretty simple, um, and this is a little bit of leaning into the the rumor pool. Uh, I think Adam, you mentioned a little bit here a couple moments ago. Uh, for me, I'd love to do Super Mario Sunshine. I played it only ever so briefly. Uh, I didn't have a GameCube, so I have totally missed that. And I feel like that's a blind spot in my Nintendo experience kind of Mario, 3D Mario. So that that for me, and I, I'm going to say the obvious one here. People are going to like, yeah, for sure, Justin. Apex Legends. Right? Oh, yeah. That's the yeah. other one right now that like, if, if that was if that's actually true and does come to fruition, that will, knowing how much time I've sunk into Fortnite, uh, that would blow my top off. I would love it. Love it, love it, love it. Justin, in order to get Sunshine on the Switch, you're going to have to play it on the GameCube. You're going to have to start playing it. Yeah. In order, Just like I have to play Metroid Prime Trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Or to I, haven't, I haven't looked into it much, but is there is there truth behind the, the controller issue with the triggers for playing Sunshine on a Switch? Because of the, because of depending on how much pressure you put on the trigger, right, with how far Flood... Yeah, we that shoot could, the that, water, that, and I heard that that's not possible on the pro controller. It's not controller. It's not not possible on any controller, you know, because the the di- yeah. the switch uses uh, digital shoulders instead of analog shoulders. And yeah, you know, they, would, they, it, they they could simulate the click by using ZR ZL, but the actual analog portion of it can't be done. It's like mm. The same kind of idea, I think, behind Metroid Prime Trilogy is they would have to improve on the controls if they're going to bring that over to the Switch to make it playable on the go or on your TV. And so they'll have to, it's going to have to be remastered, um, I think. So especially with some of the issues the game had even on the GameCube. So I think. One of my original predictions or, or wants when the Switch launched was to have a new set of Joy-Cons that did have analog triggers that would then be useful after a system update. But still, theoretically, it could work. 
But until that happens, then I don't think we'll see any of those GameCube games on it. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, Nintendo could also be like, and here's the new Joy-Cons to go with this, to go with the game. Do you know what I mean? And then you're, but now you're opening up. The problem is they have the, purchasing the new Joy-Cons would be required, would split in their audience, and they don't like doing Mm. that either. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a catch one too, right? Uh, All right. So, I mean, those are some rumors that we have heard. All right. Uh, So, those are our rumors. Let's get into a little bit of let's discuss, shall we? Speaking of Metroid. Right, a little, little bit for sure, right? Uh, so this one comes from uh, via Nintendo Life and was reported by my Nintendo as, uh, News as well. Vir- Virtos, is that where it is? Virtos. Virtos, which is a porting company, right? Yep, one of yeah. those porting companies. Yeah, list off all the things they brought over. But, yeah. yeah, they believe that they can bring any current gen game to the Nintendo Switch. They have brought over LA Noir. Final Fantasy Remakes, Starlink Battle of Atlas, Dark Souls Remastered, as well as their uh, uh, upcoming titles, the Outer Worlds Bioshock Collection, um, or sorry, Borderlands Collection, and the XCOM Collection. So they're kind of like right now the 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 kind of the heavy hitters right now for kind of moving these big ports over there. Now we've got some other companies in play there as well. Panic mm-hmm. Button, I believe, is the ones who did obviously Rocket League, and I believe they did Warframe. There's a question mark behind that one, but I believe they did. There's another game as well that Panic yeah, Button... The, didn't they do the, the Doom? Yeah, Panic Button did Doom as well. So we're seeing these kind of these porting companies come over. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of a question of like, all right, so if, if you've got a porting company who's got a little bit of swagger, who's saying, we can do it all, what do you got for us? Uh, my question to Adam is, what what game, what game do we send them now and say, all right, show me what you got? I would like to see an MMO make it over to the Switch. Oh, okay. Anyone specifically? ESO. Color Scrolls oh. Online. Okay. All right. Because by all accounts, Skyrim did really well on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a bit after launch, Bethesda came out, and whoever the porting company was for that came out and said, this exceeded our expectations for a game that's six, seven years old. Um, and has been released on 360, PS3, Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Switch. They were really impressed with it. I would love to see it. I'm not big into MMOs, but that's one I go to probably once a week to to run around in. And I don't do a lot of the social interaction. I do a lot of just uh, playing by myself. My siblings have it, so we'll get together and play. But I would like to see something like that, an MMO. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be a pretty that'd be pretty pretty good actually. Yeah, uh, Jesse, what about you? What do you think? Um, I don't know, but I was, I was thinking that their statement was uh, you know I'm thinking of the meme you know that's a bold bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, it, well, you know, I could say Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, I've said the second time I've said sure. that today, and hopefully not chibis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I like it. Not that it would change my decision to play it, but uh, still, it would be interesting to see on a Switch. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Tim, what do you think? I want to hear yours first before, because there's a few. So I want to hear yours okay. first. All right. All right. So I've got two answers. I had two answers. One of them just, oh, there's the other one. I was like, where did it go? I found it. <laughs> So the first one, actually, Tim, I was, maybe I'm taking yours. 
I'd like to see Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Right. I'd like to see. All right. Let's. And and EA is saying they want to do more with the Switch. Let's see what you got. Right. Let's see. And I because I think that would be that would be pushing it. The other one, uh, I mean, not even released yet, is uh, Cyberpunk. Right from CD Projekt Red. Uh, right. We know they they Witcher three. Right. They were able. Uh, who was supporting company on Witcher three? Was that Panic Button two? It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't was source right. or something. Well, I'll look at it. I'll check. Was was it? It wasn't Saber, was it? Think, Saber. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Saber, right? Because there was another co- and Saber. Saber just recently also say because they're bring, they're the porting company that's bringing over World War Z over, and they were like the basically the comments was, okay, we're we're doing it, but it's not great. Yeah, like, it was they Saber. Were, they were Saber. kind of very much like we're really pushing what we're doing here. Um, but yeah, I think those would be two games that I, I'd li- I'd like to see, and I think that's always the challenge, right? Of kind of being a, a, an only Nintendo console. And I think this is why you know we could have a debate going down the sta- down this corridor here of like that's why Stadia kind of interested me for a very for a, like a hot second. Correction. Um, <laughs> right. But this idea of there are fantastic looking games and ones that just look like a ton of fun, but we know that either the Switch just can't handle it. Or it's it's just outside the realm, right? It just it just doesn't it just doesn't work. It it's too much. Um, I do kind of like their a little bit of swagger here, right? Their statement of like kind of like, what do you got? Bring it for, bring it on. But I do think it'll be interesting as you know they're talking. You know their statement was about current gen, right? So we're talking Xbox One and PS4, and we know we're on the precipice of. Xbox Series X Waffle Maker, right? And the PlayStation 5, <laughs> right? We know that we're very close over to that thing. So once we're once we move on to that divide, we'll sure look at your your kind of gone, probably. Yeah, and so those were definitely on my list, but two that stand out to me are from the rock devs that start with rock, and that's Rock Steady and Rockstar. Mm. I would like to see their Batman Arkham games come over. And uh, and uh, GTA Five and uh, Red Dead come over. I think those are plenty of games that have room to come over. And considering GTA Five originally was PS3, Xbox 360. Yes, you know that you know you could have an upgrade of that, but yet still toned down from what's currently available on the Switch. And same with the Arkham games. Everything except for uh, Night was previous gen. Yeah. So that's and, and, be too troublous, troublesome. Yeah, and I do kind of think that, right? We talked a little bit about before, and I, I think I made a video about, like, what games could, you know, EA is like, hey, yeah, we should get into the Switch game now, right? Um, and I was like, well, what games are they going to do, right? You're Like, you're, you've got to look at a catalog. You're probably looking at, like, 2017, 2015, right? Somewhere in there in relation to... If it's still asking um, for a competent FIFA fort. <laughs> well, sure, look at right? But, but like, you're probably looking in, in that kind of range of those kind of games, right? So maybe Dragon Age Inquisition, Titanfall, right? Kind of games like that. Um, but I, but I do agree with you, Tim, like GTA kind of makes sense. Um, but I do find it interesting that like Outer Worlds, which we know, I mean, it looks, looks like it looks pretty well. I mean, that's, I mean, it came out in October. We're coming out and it was supposed to be launched day and date with the Switch, but did get delayed, right? And it was supposed to come out March, got delayed again. I mean, this is this is pretty close to almost a, a day and date in some ways. 
um, I don't know. Like, like it feels like it feels like these porting companies are getting better at it for sure. Uh, Adam has that, that any- article. That article I read with that they were interviewing virtuos, on uh, they were saying that their next their new their new benchmark is XCOM two, because it was Ooh. like squeezing a sponge. I think was their analogy to try to get as much out of the switch to be able to run XCOM two, and that's their new benchmark now. They said so. Whatever games they're gonna bring over again, that they have, they got to do better than XCOM two. So apparently, XCOM two is you know pretty tough to get over, but they did it. I think there's healthy competition with these porting companies. So I think once The Witcher came over and people saw how well it actually ported, that made people go, "Okay, there's more that can be ported than we thought," just yeah. based on that because that that's a that's a heavy game. Support, yeah, that and that that's good that uh, that they have that relationship, or that the, these guys, these companies have this relationship to compete as, as well and do better than than the other. And and there's there's not just one because I think it started off with just one that was porting, especially with the Doom, right? So mm-hmm. um, now that there's more than one, we can get more of these games brought over. Like if Saber's still working with uh, um, um, CD? CD Red. Yeah. Um, you know, are they going to start bringing over, like you said, the uh, cyberpunks and the their other games? So, yeah, I, I'm very interested. I wonder, like, how that level of engagement begins. And so, what I mean by that is, like, does Saber knock on like you know CD Projects door and is like, hey, so we think we could do this, right? And can we try? Or does CD Projekt go, you know, what we should do like can we try and get someone to put this game here? Do you know what I mean? Like, I wonder, I wonder from a business perspective where that level of engagement starts. Probably um, from the beginning, it was probably they had the knock on the doors to say they could do it. And now that they're, they've shown proof that they can do it. Now they've got people knocking on their door probably. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Right now they're, now they're, and I, and I wonder like, again, as again, and I, I keep ragging on EA. I probably, I probably should, I, you know, eventually people are going to be like, you know, why doesn't EA return any of your emails? This is probably why email EA doesn't do that. Um, yeah, where's right my burnout code? I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. EA just doesn't return any of our stuff to start off with, right? Um, well, that's a whole different conversation we can have. But, uh, but like, I, I do kind of like wonder if, if you know, they, they say, okay, we're, we're going to bring more games to Switch. Do they just turn to their back catalog and go to a porting company and say, here you go? What can you do? Right. It'd be interesting to see what goes on, what does go on behind the scenes. Like if when, when C red went to Saber or whatever way it went and Saber brought the Witcher over, how much work, how many man hours for, for lack of a better word, did CD project red have to give up Mm -hmm. out of their cyberpunk um, budget? Yeah to get this done was it nothing because then you got to imagine this is fairly easy money yeah i i I would think you know and i wonder if it's something along the lines that it's something like if you come knock on my door and you're like hey we want to do this and so i'm seating right so i might say you can go ahead but by the way like you're not like i'll give you i'll give you tim or i'll give you one or one or two of my staffers right who kind of you're you're the steward now you're the product owner the product steward you go work with Saber. If you got to go spend months with them, whatever that is. But by the way, like this is on you, 
so here's the deal. You wanna you you're gonna go you're gonna go do this game. You're gonna bring it out to market and sell it, and I'll make you a deal. You get seventy percent of it, and we get thirty, right? Because we're the IP, where the game's already created, but you're doing the workhorse. I would be very interested to see what that contract looks like, right? In relation to and 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 you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say like Witcher just celebrated was it five years? Uh, I think this week, right? And they talked about how the sales continue, right? And I think that I, I was listening to it. It was kind of funny. They were talking about it. Um, was The Witcher in 2019 or was it 2018? It was 2019, wasn't it? It was like last October. Math. Oh, we on Switch? Yeah. It was last year on the Switch. Yeah, last year. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was in time, folks. Um, but, like, they continue to grow. Like, that, that base continues. And, I mean, obviously, they've got, you know, they had a good install to start off with. And then they, you know, then they kind of dips down. They bring the Switch. It has kind of a new life there. And then it kind of aligns very nicely with their the TV show, right? Like it just kind of, it seems like they were just hitting the stride really, really well. And it's kind of just become part of a, like, like here's a great example. I've never played the Witcher three, but I feel like I should, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Cause everybody has talked about it in some way or like a lot. It, again, it's kind of like that blind spot. And now I'm like, well, I've, why wouldn't I? It's accessible. I've got a friend and he's like, every night me and my wife sit down on the couch and we play the Witcher three together. And she just sits with me and we'll make these decisions and we'll work through it. But he's like, but that's our, that's our time and just the enjoyment in the story. So I'm always, I'm, I, it's one of those ones that I think I should pick up, but I just haven't yet. The, these ports do open up a brand new audience though. Yeah. People that don't own these other consoles, but people who might have access to them, but never would. Yeah. So in, for example, my wife's playing Skyrim right now. Mm-hmm. I've had Skyrim on 360. I've had Skyrim on Xbox One. I've had Skyrim on PSVR. She's never touched it. But the second she could get it on a Switch and she yeah. could lay on the couch just with the Switch in her hand and play it. And now she's dozens of hours. Yeah. There's something, there's something so interesting about that idea. Do you know what I mean? Like, like again, cause you're like, I could just lay on the couch with a controller and watch it on the big screen. Right. But it's now portable. It's in my hand. There's something intimate about that. It changes accessibility in a way that doesn't really like logically. I, I don't know. I find it just doesn't like, like logically make sense. Um, but I've heard people who are like, Oh yeah, I have this game on Xbox, or whatever. But now that I have it on the Switch, now that I have it there, right? And you said that already earlier about Borderlands. You're like, I played it before, but now I have it on the go. Now I have it in my pocket now. And it's like, that's an interesting psychology about there's something in that. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, in my house, it's just, it's competing, competing for those screens. Yeah. yeah. Like I've got three kids, three different ages, three different interests in shows. And I only have two TVs. Yeah. And so, you know, if it's a rainy day outside and people are clamoring for a television, I got my switch. Yeah. Exactly. My wife has her switch. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's this kind of it's you know, and sometimes I I forget like I shouldn't say I forget, but like we know it works, right? But just kind of the simplicity of that idea, right? Like I have my dock and my other station and my TVs, and I'm like, I'm just gonna pick it up and whoop, there it is, right? It just easily transitions over. It's flawlessly. There's this there's this kind of magic in that event, right? And then to have these full blown worlds and and events that are occurring, uh I think it's fantastic. I see I'm getting some slack here. Uh, Luke Lore is calling me up for not playing um, The Witcher. So, all right. You're not the Maybe. only one. Yeah. No. I, I, I wouldn't expect you. Is... 
I was just like, going to say, the funny thing is my wife and I was just talking about that today because she wanted, she would finish the series on Netflix and was like, I kind of want to play the game now. And I was like, I well, I haven't watched it. it. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. My wife but, has watched it, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah, same here. But she wants to play it. And maybe I told her we'll, we can just pick up one game. And uh, since it's all in the cart and well, with a, obviously a slight download or whatever, but just doubt, just play it on the cart. She can play it on hers and then I can play it on mine. Or we can yeah. do like what you were talking about, Justin, about, you know, just playing in front of the TV uh, yeah. and playing together and making choices together. So, but That's I also told her about the other one too, the other uh, uh, kingdom one or whatever it was called. Yeah. I forget. But it came out in January, February, right? Yeah. Yeah. Antonio reviewed it for us. Yeah. And sorry, Adam, go ahead. The interesting thing was like, Justin, you talked about like transitioning from your TV to handheld mode to free it up for somebody else or something else. Like this is, I'm at a point where like, this is where I'm at. Yeah. You're always on a light. Hey, always. I don't even, you, I haven't, you, I bet you I haven't turned on my regular switch in five or six months. Really? Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Thornbreaker, by the way. Thronebreaker, Thronebreaker, yeah, yeah, Thronebreaker. Yeah. But but and that's the lovely part about it, right? Is it is it and that's a that's very different than like if you have an Xbox and I have an Xbox, I guarantee you there's only one way we play it. Do you know what I mean? Like there it is, right? But it's 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 how we look at it and how we use it differently, right? But it's the same accessibility that accessibility that content, which is amazing, right? Because so for you, like you, you've got the Switch Lite. I don't have a Switch Lite. I thought about it for a while, but I'm like. I got one in my hand. I'm like, I just don't like the feel of it. It just feels a little bit small for me. Um, but like when I have the other normal switch, it's only a little bit bigger. I was like, this feels right. So like we're playing on the same platform, but differing versions and skews of it and using it differently. That's personally uh, personal to what we need it to be. Right. It's kind of meeting the gamer where they are, as opposed to the gamer meeting the console where it is. And what I mean by that is it's the console. It's at the home, right? It has to be there. And Nintendo's always been very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. So and one uh, of the things that I like about what what they're doing more with the switch, especially developers, is trying to work in that cross save feature with especially the PC area. Right. With a lot of the games that are popular in the PC and people who are PC gamers being able to play some of those games on the go with the switch, I think was a smart move in a lot of cases. So uh, I, I hope they bring more and more of that over. In fact, I think the Witcher even had an update. Uh, Witcher three had an update where you could play it on the PC and then save it and then go play it on your switch. Uh, yeah, I did that with uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. That, that's exciting to me even though I don't play as much or nearly at all on my PC, it that option is there for me and that's what excites me is to have the options. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I have seen some more people in the chat here on Twitch uh uh, the block for it is saying, no, play the Witcher. And I am calling you out. So, uh, Luke Lore, uh, I know you're not calling me. I'm just giving you a hard time as well. You know, I think you guys may have convinced me. You may have convinced me. I may, be, I may need to pick up the, the Witcher as well. But that backlog is already uh, getting massive. But it was funny. Like, I think the first, like, what, like the first game that really made me stand up and go, okay, wow, there are things that are coming to the Switch that are not just either Nintendo games or the indies, right? Which is kind of what we had in the Wii U was the moment, it sounds funny, was the moment Rocket League was revealed. Because I had never played Rocket League until it was on the Switch. But I remember, I was like, that looks super cool. And that was the first one that really struck me as like, maybe it, maybe anything could be possible. Right? It was Rocket League, and then there was Fortnite, and then it just, it just began to open up. And it'll be interesting to see, like, 
if we fast forward this conversation in two years from now, what would, what other games are now there that we didn't think would, would be there uh, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Earlier, Ibisola asked, what's the over-under on any new ports only working on the Switch 1.5 versus the original Switch? I don't think that would be a problem, because my understanding is the new processor is still runs at the same clock rate as the original. It's just more energy efficient. And the, the new processor is in the light as well, which is why the light had the better battery life than the OG. And then then the, the latest update has an even more, a, even more battery life. So, but I, I don't think that's an issue. Nice, excellent. All right, uh, we're going to jump off this, but I want to I want to throw in a question here. Speaking of kind of other consoles, Adam, I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, this comes from uh, Rigo, and Rigo asks, one of the features I enjoy in the Xbox 360 Arcade was the trials of each game that you can try before buying. My question is, should Nintendo implement that feature for indie games? So should indie games have trial features? Adam, what do you think? Is that Nintendo's call, or is that the developer-publisher call? I'm not 100% sure. I think it's probably the developer, but I think Xbox was like, that's what we're going to do, and probably made it a mandate, right? It was a, you know, when Xbox Live Arcade first launched, it was a mandate. There had to be a demo. Were those games on Xbox Live Arcade, was Microsoft backing them in some way, or was it just a promotional deal? That I don't know. Hmm. What do you think demos on games? He's calling out indie games specifically. What do you think? I'm a fan of demos for games for anything. Um, Like with Steam now, like you can buy and return within whatever amount of time. Nintendo doesn't have that feature. It's like two hours. I think demos are great because there's so many franchises I like... I think about it and I'm like, I might enjoy that. But then, as we were saying earlier, Justin, the cost of games in Canada is so much yep. that you're like, man, am I going to risk $80 plus tax? So by mm-hmm. the time you're done in Ontario, it's like 92 bucks. Yeah. Um, on something I don't know if I'm going to love. Yeah. And so anytime I see a demo, anytime, like, because there have been demos for mm-hmm. games and, and I love when the content carries over the main game. And this isn't just for indies. This is for... Um, for like mainstream AAA titles as well. I, I just love it. So if, if there was a policy, I, I can't see them having a policy because I think it becomes restrictive and it requires more work out of development teams that might be really small already. Yeah. Um, Cause I've talked with people who are in development and it's not simply like, you know, you hit start and then you program in a stop point for a demo. Like there's a whole other bit of work that has to be done and when you're dealing with small studios already i think it's it'd be hard to force them into a demo that makes sense uh anyone else contrary to i think demos are a good idea no i I agree (laughs) i I think uh demos are a good idea i don't i have no argument to that against it yeah i think the other the other nice part i think especially for like indies right like if it's a mainstream like a big title you're probably already have a pretty good, like if it's a Nintendo game, I've probably got a pretty good gut decision whether I'm going to do it or not. Like you, you know, you know, it's, it's that idea of, I know the product, I know the franchise, I probably feel pretty good about it. Right. But I think the interesting thing about Indies is, is having those demos allows you to have a taste of something, right. That maybe you're like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but if I have that taste, that's enough that I might buy into. It, right. And, and, and I think that's an important part. Cause again, I think that 
The challenge that, that I think the industry is facing in general is there's so much content out there, right? And we become so kind of overloaded that we are probably, you're very focused on like, hey, I know the games that I like, the genres I like. And so here's my window, right? I, I'm going to keep in this because again, cost, time, energy, right? All those things. But with demos, it allows for accidental enjoyment, Accid like things that I did not plan. If it's a demo of like, oh, it's a game I wouldn't normally try, but I'm going to give it a shot, that can create this kind of, oh, it, it, it kind of opens that gap a little bit more, opens that other, your eyes a little bit more to an exposure. And I think when there are so many things and we're kind of overwhelmed by choice to have an option of say, here's a demo, why don't you, like, here's, here's a taste test. If you don't like it, that's fine. You can delete it. There's no cost, but at least, at least I'm here. I'm serving you something. I'm trying, right? So it can help kind of reduce some of those choices. Adam, go ahead. With the with the messed up eShop, the way it is, that I, at least I find is a mess. Yeah. Um, do they still have that section on there that says games with demos? Is that still a search feature? That's a decent way for a small indie yes. company to actually get their product yep. in a list that's not a hundred pages long. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Excellent. Well, folks, great conversation there. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to some events we're going to chat about, shall we, Jesse? Do you have a bump? All right, guys, a couple of quick events I want to make sure that you're aware of. The first one is our fantastic, fantastic friends over at NDAD Crossing is doing tours. Dan from NDAD Crossing's to uh, show is taking tours of the NDAD's Peeps Island. What is going Who wrote this? Who, who wrote this bumper? It wasn't um, me. This, okay, this <laughs> is an exclusive to Nintendo Dad's Patreon subscribers. Tours will be live streamed on Monday, June 1st from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Um, Central, Central Time uh, in the UK on Tuesday, on June 2nd. And if you're interested, uh, DM Dan on Discord on Sunday the 31st as well. Uh, by, by Sunday. By 31st. Uh, Tim, can we get like a uh, image prepared for that so we can send that out maybe? So, There's so already an image. It's in the Discord. Dan created it already. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, a couple things as well to make you aware of. Pokemon Go Festival. Uh, Adam, do you play Pokemon Go or did you? I did for a long yeah. time. And then the spawns around me were so crappy that I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Fair enough. I like I'm it. Out. Uh, it's July 25th and 26th. Uh, will be a global event. Anyone can, anyone can pay to participate, no matter where they are. What? In, well, previous years, Pokemon Go Fest was like at a specific location, like a, at, mm -hmm. in Chicago, like specific park uh, in okay. Chicago. And Got yet, it. it was admission to get okay. in, and there was limited tickets because of limited spacing. Okay. And I, I don't remember what the co what the cost was, but I know a bunch of the people in my area all. I think five people from my area went last year, but due to the the limitations given upon us, they are making it a worldwide global event. Anyone can participate. It still has to be a paid event to uh, to take part in it. But you don't have to go anywhere specific. You don't have to go to Chicago. You can just do it from wherever you are. So. They haven't announced pricings or what specifically will be the feature of the GoFest, but other than it'll be a two-day event from the twenty from July twenty-fifth and twenty-sixth. Hmm. Interesting. Are you going to go, Jesse, or go? I, I, yeah, I plan on participating in them. That's very cool. 
Excellent. So if you're a Pokemon Go fan, of course, if you're a Pokemon Go fan and you're not following Jesse Waldak, what are you doing with your life? Get it together. He knows what's going on with Pokemon Go. He is our Pokemon Go man about town. News hound is what I would call him. Um, all right. So let's jump into let's jump into a quick version of what we've been playing. Super quick, uh, light touches. Uh, Tim, I see your list. Go away. That is massive. Uh, Adam, you're our guest here, sir. What have you been playing? Animal Crossing, um, which I ranted about this week about recreating islands. Um, nice. And then Room Factory 4. And that's a, oh, and Man Eater on Xbox, which is a weird game. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about that. Tell me, like, give me like a your thirty second. Here's Adam's review of Maneater. And just it's for a, reference, folks, it's about a shark. All right, let's stop. Like before the Twitch uh, comments light up. It's it's legitimately like an RPG game as a shark in an open world where you swim around and kill people or fish or whatever else people trying to hunt you. You can upgrade your shark, get armor for your shark. It's it's a very weird premise, but it works incredibly well. Shark armor. That's a term I've never thought of here. Nice. Okay. Excellent. It's supposed it, to come to the Nintendo Switch. Just not sure it? when. Yes. No. Yep, it is. When it does, okay. it's a worthwhile pickup. We are definitely going to have to get a review copy or a code for uh, Man Eater and live stream that. Well, having fish crackers, I think, would definitely be the way that gold fish crackers, I think, would be the way we have to do that. Uh, how are you liking Animal Crossing? I like it. Um, I haven't really actually played one before now. This is okay. my first real go at one. Um, I, I'm not a time traveler. or I'm not using the duplication glitches. If people do, like, I don't care. Um, but now that I've done everything, except for the seasonal fishing bugs, um, I've built, like, your maximum inclines and built your maximum bridges. And now I just become very annoyed that it takes me a day to destroy one, another day to rebuild it. And when you're trying to redo your whole island, it's like I started May 10th redesigning my island, and I, I'm not that far. And it's been okay. two weeks plus. And I'm kind of annoyed and almost done with it. Sorry, can I ask a question here? Because this has been irritating me. You can destroy bridges that you built? Hmm? How do you do that? <laughs> I haven't figured uh, that if out. If you either. go back and see, if you go to Tom Nook, yeah. and you pick infrastructure and you pick uh, bridges and inclines, yeah. they give you the option to destroy one. Really? Oh, because I had done like that my first a day. I did my first that... bridge and it was bamboo, and I don't like that. Is that something like that you have to one. unlock, or is that available as soon as infrastructure is available? I, I don't know. Like, I just, one day I decided I don't want that there, and I yeah. went and did it, so I don't, I, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, Dan, he's, he's our, he's our chat, he's our N-Dad's, N-Dad Crossing podcast. Dan, is, is breaking, breaking fence, or breaking down bridges and stuff like that available all the time, or do you gotta unlock something? Can you let me know in the chat, please? There you go. Okay, he'll let me know here in a second. Uh, yeah, he'll let me know here in a second. So, okay, awesome. Uh, I am interested in that shark game, though. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Jesse, let's go to you. 
Right, so yeah, I bought three games that came out today and haven't had any chance to play them. So hopefully, I'll play them so I can talk about them next week. But the game that I have did purchase and play a little bit of is Minecraft Dungeons that came out on Tuesday. I've played like the first two levels so far. It it is it's Diablo with voxels. So <laughs> it's uh, I know. The first, the first level is pretty much canned and there was, you know, not many options there. But when I got to the second option, it gave me a love, a, a difficulty slider I can choose. And it w- each one gives like a recommended level, which is different than your player level. It's a different, it's a different number, which I don't fully understand yet. Like, cause it was only one. And so like the first one's was the easiest level is recommended level one. So, okay, I'll do that one. And the next one was four. I think the next one was seven. So similar to like how Diablo two worked, because I played the hell out of that back in the day. And you'd play through the game on one level. And then once you finish it, then you could continue your character by playing through at a more, at a higher difficulty. It sounds like that, but I don't have to wait till I beat it the first time. I can just choose the harder difficulty later. And there was a few difficulty settings that looked like it was grayed out. But I couldn't pick them yet. So there's so there's more difficulty difficulties that were unlockable. I think there was like five or six different difficulty settings to choose from. But that's as far as I got. You know, I know I'm collecting these gems. I don't know what they're good for yet. Uh, I, I blacksmith. A, okay, I have a sword and I have a bow. And you learn quickly which enemies you don't want near you, so you want to range them. But uh, so I, I plan and ho- hope to get more time with that, working around the other games I bought before next week. And then I'm sure Marty has some words about it when he's here next week. Sure. Okay. Tim, you've been playing Minecraft Dungeons as well. Yes, I've been playing it as well. And uh, Jesse, we should get together and play online sometime. I think it would be fun. Between uh, you, me, and Marty, probably, and anybody else out there, because you can have four people playing online. If, uh, I would like to give that a try, actually. Uh, but I have been playing with my son, local play, and we've done two missions and recorded one of those missions, which is out there in YouTube now today. So thanks for posting that for me, Justin. And then, uh, sure. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And just like what Jesse said, it's, um, you have options and replayability there that, uh, maybe you might not have thought of for that. So far, we've been playing on the easy mode or the easiest level, which is the level one. We haven't been using the slider yet. It's been, it helps with the learning curve on it. So, you know, learn what the game is about, learn what you're going to find, uh, when you're exploring. And the slider does give you like an approximate percentage of increase. That's like it's normal level or, 1.7 1.7 or times difficult and what two point something times difficult, whatever yeah, that means. It, it, it'll increase your experience, uh, the loot that you get and other items that you get, um, the higher, the harder you make the level. So, uh, so you get some benefits from it. And there's been other games I've seen like that too. And I can't remember what they are at the moment, but that's, I've been playing that. Yes. Uh, a lot of games actually with Sam, uh, since being, you know, stuck at home and, and he's been more and more, um, wanting to play games with me, which is cool. So I'm trying to take advantage of it while I can, but at the same time, I still want to play my games as well. So, uh, but he got for his birthday, he got new super Mario brothers, U deluxe. So we've been playing a little bit of that. 
Uh, one another game that I reviewed uh, or did a let's play of was Kingdom Two Crowns, and it does have a two player element. He gave it a try, and we actually been playing that, which is a lot of fun. We get to build up a, a castle together in that. Uh, we plan on actually he he started playing my. You can bring in a player right in the middle of a game you're already playing, so we did that. And but I figured, you know what? Let's start fresh. So the next time we play, we're gonna we're gonna just start brand new uh, and start building building a, a kingdom together. And basically, if nobody knows or remembers from me talking before, it's basically a 2D resource management type game where you're picking up resources and building your kingdom and and paying peasants to be part of your kingdom from those resources and stuff. So. It's it's really cool. It gives me a little bit of a um, StarCraft, Age of Empires type vibe in that respect, uh, where you're building up stuff using resources. Um, the other game, Concept Destruction, another game that we that I reviewed uh, or did a let's play of, and we've been playing two player of. And one area that we've been having a lot of fun with is the tour aspect, which is it's a destruction derby game essentially, and. Uh, it's um sorry got moved there i lost track where i was there uh two-player game with uh yeah we've been playing a two-player game with uh on the tour uh mode which is nobody's crashing into you for the destruction derby part they're just kind of driving around the course but the two players can sit there and crash each other and not get any damage and one board that we found that we were doing it we found a ton of glitches and i even wrote to the developer saying you here's a video of what we found. (laughs) I tagged him in Twitter and said, you might want to fix that or something in case you can or do a patch. But actually, even though it, it breaks the game, it cracks us up of what happens. So it's one of those glitches that just is hilarious to us. And and Sammy just loves it. And we've been playing that to death because of that. Um, And then of course it does have its survival mode and it's regular normal mode for crashes and stuff, which is a lot of fun. And hilarious at the same time. Uh, we also I also broke out Trine. It was a game I bought the Ultimate Collection for Trine. And we, Sammy and I have been playing that together, uh, two-player. And loving that game. And it's a beautiful-looking game as well. Um, and we got as far as level 6 of 15, uh, which is called the Crypt of the Damned. Um, but uh, it's basically kind of like a two... Reminds me of a 2D-type gauntlet-type game. So... Uh, with platforming elements, which is a lot of fun. And again, it's something he hits the first game he wants to go play, which is cool. So, and for reference, if anybody wants to know, my son is 12. So if anybody also, wants to pick big, up the game, there's a lot of big shout outs, by the way, in the Twitch chat of say hi to Sam. Sam is the man. Oh, okay. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of, a lot of love for Sam. So that's awesome. That's nice. He always asks every morning, did you guys talk about me? Just, I brought we up. Did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so, Unlike Marty's child who says I suck at streaming. <laughs> so I'm going to have to have a chat with Marty's kid about that one. Right. Yes. That's <laughs> something we have to talk about. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, another game I've been playing animal crossing, of course, been working on a project plan. Uh, I got, I rolled the credits and actually did that by accident. Because I was just running in to see what I had to do in order to get a three or better star island. And when I went to go check, all the work I've done apparently made my island a four star island. And KK came and did his thing and rolled credits and all that kind of stuff. And I unlocked the uh, terraforming uh, stuff. And now I've 
got this project plan that I worked on and I posted in Twitter and, and saying that, okay, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all over, all over my map, all these little projects I'm going to be doing. And of course, yeah, been playing with map, my family. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> yeah, that's what all those letters were because it was in discussion, you know, with, I think I brought it up in the Mega Dads Discord as well because nice. uh, one of them asked about, you know, who, who got their project plans going. That's what I shared there. And then finally, uh, Shin Sakai into the depths. I started playing. And funny thing about that, I started playing a couple days before I heard the uh, Dad's After Dark show. And they called me out and they called Jesse out. I don't know if you heard that one episode yet, Jesse, but they're not necessarily called us out, but said they looked at ways people play games. There's a way to play Jesse way of playing games. And then there's a Tim way of playing games. And they also said it was Justin's way of playing games as well. Jesse's game way of playing games is one at a time. Take one game, go play it, play it to completion, then you move on to the next. Not false. Tim, Tim's way of playing, and and apparently you too, Justin, is just games all over the place. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, John had said he he likes to look at our uh, list of games because it changes like every week. That it'd be just you know some games move up to the top yeah. and move down, but and. Uh, they always root for me to try to finish a game. So the the next game I'm trying to finish is this Shin Sakai Into the Depths game. Uh, I, as I mentioned before, I've been loving what I've been playing so far, and I want to beat it because I want it to be on my contenders list for Game of the Year for me. Nice, uh, because it, it's it's a little been a lot of fun, and uh, I I did I think I did a, a video on it, maybe two. I don't know. It's been a, been a while but there's a video out there what what i started playing plenty of other people have been playing it it's got metroidvania vibes to it um to me and or maybe even castlevania just by itself but uh i've been having a lot of fun with it it's something i i hope a lot of people check out that's great i like it hey adam speaking of kind of gaming what kind of family games do you guys play obviously you got a ton of board games but is there like a go-to because you got some young young kids as well, so that when, when the lads were talking about uh, Minecraft Dungeon, right? Your kids are, are your kids that age? Yeah, they play it, but I'm just not a much of a Minecraft guy, so okay, that's so I'm not playing it. But if we're doing family games, it's Mario Party. Yeah. Um, like when it comes to video games, Mario Party, Mario Kart. Actually, that's about it. That's all they really want to play. They really love playing Bowser Party on the Wii U, so we still have that hooked up to the main <laughs> TV and. We'll play a lot of that, but it's, it's it, when it comes to family game nights, Mario Kart, Mario Party. Yeah, classic, right? Absolute classics. Nice. I was just curious as, as the guys were talking. Before we move on, while we were, we were talking, I brought up, I went to Nook's uh, office to see what the options are when I checked for bridges. Uh, I'm bringing it up on YouTube now. So when you say you, you want to talk about bridges or incline, you're given four options. Let's build a bridge. Let's build, make an incline, demolish something or not now. So if I choose demolish something, then it says, do you want to demolish something? I can certainly understand wanting to make more space. Of course, moving a bridge or incline will cost 10,000 bells and demolishing can't be restored. So think carefully. Are you sure you want to do it? Yeah. Yep. You bet I am or no way. So I just chose no way because I'm not ready to demolish anything yet. But right. so that's that's so it can be done there. I just apparently didn't look is. hard enough. Yeah, I didn't see it either. That's fair. Okay. 
Um, I'll just give you a quick, uh, all right, you're actually streaming. I see that. Okay, it's up on our screen right now. Um, so quickly, what have I been playing? Two games I will throw to the attention. Uh, first one was uh, Shadow, or sorry, Shadow, <laughs> Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh, that came out last week. It was a Shadow Drop. Uh, I've been playing that. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's got this kind of like first person Metroid uh, Prime, or sorry, Metroidvania kind of elements to it. Great. Um, Great writing, kind of really sharp, kind of funny, good sense of humor, good voice acting. Uh, the world kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, oh my gosh, No Man's Sky. There it is. Kind of this graphical style-ish kind of color palette reminds me a little bit of that. Um, but it's it's just a really fun, really enjoyable uh, game. They've, they've got the scanning where you can, again, scan kind of um, creatures and you catalog them again. So that kind of feels a little bit. Uh, like the Metroid Prime series as well. I definitely say check it out. Uh, again, it's a game that, like, when I saw it originally, I was like, oh, I hope that's coming to the Switch. And I'm like, nope. And so it shadow dropped, and I was surprised. It, it seems to run really smoothly. Uh, so, again, that's Journey to the Savage Planet. The other game I've been playing, which dropped today, was is Atomic Crops. And so Atomic Crops is like, if you take Stardew Valley, the farming kind of idea, building a farm and, and you know, a community, and combine that with Enter the Gungeon, um, that's kind of what this game is, and it's in a post-apocalyptic world. So essentially, the idea is you've taken over the farm from your grandfather or uncle or something like this, a, a, an atomic nuclear bomb kind of wipes out everything else, and now you kind of like restart farming. And so there's like creatures that are trying to like steal your crops, so you plant crops, you kind of get them going. Uh, and then all of a sudden these creatures come and take them and you got to kill them and shoot them and you go through seasons. So there's like a spring where it's three days and at the end of the third day, a big boss arrives. And you have to battle them. Um, it's roguelike elements. Um, it's got that kind of like one more run hook, uh, associated with it as well. It's, and again, I'm not like a huge fan of enter the gungeon, right? I've talked about it, like, just wasn't my thing. Atomic crops. And I don't know what it is about it has got me hooked. Like, I have enjoyed, loved, been loving playing this game. It is such a cool concept and a cool idea. Again, I don't think it's anything revolutionary, right? But it does feel like you've kind of thrown a couple things into a blender and, and mixed it in. feels also at times a little bit of, like, Moonlighter is kind of in it as well. Um, but essentially, you go, and every day you, you get your crops, and you harvest your crops, and you get some some um, your currency, which is cashews, and then you have to exchange your cashews you go back to like the town every day. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I want a better gun, so I'm gonna exchange it for this. But the gun is only so long, and oh, I got hurt, so I need to grow a rose, and a rose can buy me a heart. And uh, it's very cool, very cool. That's Atomic Crops, and that's out today. So sure. I love the tagline for that game. It's uh, Farm, Mary, Kill, Kill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, it's definitely. Like I said there's definitely some Stardew Valley, Enter the Gungeon inspirations for sure. Well, that's a little play on words over the uh, common game that's played on several shows. Yes. Yes, that's yes. exactly it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to jump into uh, our community spotlight. And this is going to go over to Adam. So we get a bumper for community spotlight, do we? There we go. It's very regal. It's very regal. Adam, this is where we turn the, the show over to you and talk about the amazing work that you do. What have you been up to? Talk to us about what you do. 
point us in the, in the direction, share, share the world that is Adam and in, in, in your site. Well, when I came, when it comes to like video game stuff, 2014 is when I jumped in and, um, I got my start at games reviews. Um, I just finished my master's degree at the university of Windsor. And then, um, I wanted to do something with my writing because I just went back to working in my dad's diesel shop. And so I started writing. I still remember the very first game I got that I got to keep was super smash bros on the Wii U. Nice. And I got the Mario amiibo with the fireball. When that just came out, that was the first game I ever got that I got to keep. And I was just like, he was like over the moon. <laughs> it was like, wow, this is what this could be. Um, and then from there, I just kept writing, writing, took over as editor-in-chief there. And then for a long time, it was just myself and one other writer. Um, and then just within the last year, we brought on three or four more at over on gamesreviews.com. So um, we don't put out a lot. Like, we try to do a lot of reviews. We don't put a lot of new stuff out because it's like, we're never going to be that first person mm -hmm. to break something anymore. So we try to go more with the opinion content. Mm -hmm. Um which I enjoy writing more than a news piece anyway. Um, so that's really just the, the end of my, my gaming stuff. Like I've always been a Nintendo guy. Um, I, you know, I gravitate towards that. Um, in fact, I get invited to a lot of events up in Toronto. And I think the only ones I ever jump on and actually go to are the Nintendo ones, um, which have come a long way because the first Nintendo event I went to, they did it in their own office and it was so cramped that you couldn't even move. It was like E3, but like tiny. <laughs> They've improved since then. Yes. Um, but they, they throw great events. So does Microsoft and Sony. They throw great events as well, but I've just always, you know, if I'm driving three hours up to Toronto, it's going to be for Nintendo. So always just been a Nintendo guy. And I still try to focus most of my writing ends up being about, about Nintendo. That's great. Excellent. Aside from that, like my wife and I, we do, uh, we have an Instagram page, which is not that popular. I think we have like 712 <laughs> followers and, that, and that's it. But it's just, uh, it's just nerdy.mouse.blog. Uh, and that's where we post all our Disney stuff. So <clears throat> my, my first love is, is Nintendo. My second love is Disney. Um, and we love, we love going to the parks in Florida. Uh, we love going on Disney Cruise Line. Um, we're prepping for our 10 year anniversary in a couple of years and we're going to go to California to do that because we've never done that. So that's, that's my other hobby, um, that I put time into. And then after all that, when it's free time, it's, it's board games. Nice. I like playing and, and I'm a board game snob now. Mm. I can fully admit it. Monopoly is not a board game. Um, the game of life is not a board game. Uh, uh, even now settlers of Catan is not a board game. So like, give us an example of like, what is a board game? Like, what are you playing right now? What's your favorite? Uh, right now I'm really liking tapestry, which okay. is, um, a civilization style building game, uh, from a company called Stonemeyer. It's, it's long, it's lengthy, it's tons of pieces, cards, things to keep track of. Um, but the board gaming has turned into like opportunities to review as well as we kind of expanded our website into a couple other avenues. Board games was one of them. So, um, 
that that's a big one. And then I have a game coming in for review, which is called Through the Ages, which is also a civilization building game, um, which is also like it's it's a three hour game, probably three or four hour game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I'm at. Like it'll spend a lot of time playing board games. Nice, excellent. I also enjoy board games a lot, but I feel like now if I if I give you a name, you're gonna be like, that's not a board game. So I'm very concerned. Try me. Uh, Kings of Tokyo is our favorite with the family. I do like that one. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's sitting high on the shelf. Okay. Uh, Exploding Kittens, obviously, is very good with the kids. Yep. Uh, what else do we have right now that's a big, big hit with the kids? Ugh, I can't even remember what it is. Tesoro? Tesoro. Tesoro? Yeah, Tesoro, yep. Yeah. The one with the tiles and the... Yes. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. a good game. Those that's a great ones. one with kids. Forbidden the- Island, Pandemic. That seems yeah. a little bit. Uh, is it pandemic? Yeah. If I can recommend like one game, like mm-hmm. if you're like, I want to play something that's because I think as people who love video games, we like that experience from start to finish, not just like the one off. I'm done in an hour, um, kind of thing. Um, the same company that makes that game, Tapestry, that I mentioned earlier, makes a game called Charterstone, which okay. is uh, it's a legacy game played over twelve rounds, twelve games. They're about an hour apiece. Um, but like it slowly builds in elements. So if you're not familiar with board games, it slowly builds in layers and layers and layers of complexity as you go. But then when you're done, unlike pandemic where I think you're ripping up cards and you're mm-hmm. putting stickers on things, this yeah. game, when you're done, you actually have a physical board game that then can be played all on its own. Nice. And, and that's called get it. Charter stone, charter stone or stones. Yeah. Stone singular. I think you can get it now for like maybe 50 bucks. Oh, nice. So, and it's 12, you know, it's a good 12 to 15 hours. I like it. Um, okay. I play it with my wife, just the two of us, and it's, it plays just as good as with five or six players. So nice. Yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely big board game fans here as well. I think that you've got us a couple tiers above, but uh, that's kind of what we enjoy as well. So it's great. Uh, I want to have a game I want to throw at him, see if he's, what his, his thoughts are. It's not a family friendly game. Or a kid-friendly game, and so what it's it's uh and I I have talked about it on the show before. Secret Hitler. Heard of that? I've never played it. I've I've seen it played when I was somewhere, uh, kind of like a board gaming convention. Someone had it there and was playing it, and I watched a bit. I've never played it though. It, it's a fun game. It gets insane. It's it's interesting. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I just want to ask about the Disney part, though, Adam. Like, what what is it that draws you to Disney? Uh, ironically, when I was young, I wasn't allowed to watch Disney. Um, my parents were like pretty strict. They've lessened off now with all my other siblings, but, uh, there's a lot of things we couldn't watch, but my wife is always a huge Disney movies fan. Mm. And so when we got married, all of a sudden we're buying every Disney Blu-ray when it comes out. So you can imagine the collection we've amassed and Mm -hmm. the kids have grown up with it and I've grown up with them with it. Mm-hmm. And when we were trying to pick our honeymoon, we didn't know what to do. Um, and we're both, my wife and I are both not beach people. Like we're not people to just sit on a beach or sit at a resort. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, let's try cruising. And she went for a Disney cruise. And I was like, you know, I don't care. Whatever. Sounds good to me. And, and we just loved it so much. And then the next year we went to the parks for the first time. And then it was kind of a yearly thing. My mother-in-law being in Florida makes a huge difference just because so we do drive down because flights mm-hmm. for five people 
out of uh, even out of Detroit. Once we pay the once we pay the dollar change and everything, it's it's quite expensive. So we drive down. It's nice to have like a vehicle down there to drive around in. Yeah. Um, a place to stay when we aren't staying at the resorts. First couple of years, we just um, stayed at my mother in law's and drove every day. Now we'll try to get a resort for a couple nights, but um, yeah, that's kind of where it grew. Like it's only been a, a you know eight year thing for me now. Yeah, that's awesome. That is that is really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, so you sorry this, sorry not being allowed to watch Disney. I think you and I are probably around the same age. And in Canada, like, and I don't know what it was in the U.S., but, like, Sunday nights at, like, 6 o'clock was the wonderful world of Disney, right? And there was this TV show. Like, did you did you not watch that? I didn't watch a lot of TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, there was a part of me, like, I remember when I was young, the TV coming out of the closet okay. to watch, like, Swiss Family Robinson, which was a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, I remember that. That was one movie we watched a lot. My grandparents had it. But, like, it was, like, Bugs Bunny, Saturday mm-hmm. nights at six thirty. Yeah, it was the Leafs game at seven. Hockey game, <laughs> by the way. Sorry. Yeah, it's a hockey game. Sorry, folks. Sorry. A little Canuck talk. The Leafs game at seven, and I would say we didn't watch a lot of TV outside of that. Yeah. To a point where we would go on vacation. Um, so I've talked a lot with Marty about this. My parents own a vacation home in Tennessee, um, so we went every year to Tennessee. And like most people go on vacation and do stuff. Like we went on vacation and watched TV because <laughs> there, there was cable. Yeah. So yeah, a that's little fantastic. sheltered. Yeah. That's, that's, well, it sounds like you're making up for it a little bit, but it also sounds like, sounds like also being sheltered has allowed you to, to enjoy those benefits of stuff like board games, right? Mm-hmm. Family gaming and the importance of coming together and not being in front of the screen, um, mindlessly siloed, but rather engaging each other. And, uh, I think the, the wonderful world that is Disney is, is a pretty great escapism as well. Growing up, our TV was on just all the time with no, whether no one was, anyone was watching it or not. It was just always on just as background noise for something. So, yeah. And again, just for reference point that people are, are, are maybe missing because of our thick Canadian accents. It is uh review, uh review game or games review, games review, games reviews, plural on both games reviews.com. So guys, check it out. Check out Adam uh, and the amazing work that he's doing as well. Uh, I've been, we've, like I said, it's kind of funny. We've been following each other and t- chat, having DMs back and forth for probably about five years now because uh, we entered this and en- doing the all that behind the behind the scenes PR discussions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Adam and I have had some great conversations about uh, Nintendo of Nintendo in general and PR companies. Let's just say that. Um, but uh, a lot of behind the scenes chatter, and it's interesting that we kind of. Both started out in about the same space as well, but at the same time, 2014. Uh, so that's been fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us as well tonight. I know it is a very late night for you, just shy of one o'clock. So we'll real quickly wrap up. I've got two final questions, and then we're going to say, let's get out of here. Uh, these Both these questions come from Mecha Dragon, so we're going to kick it off. Uh, the question asks, uh, my question for the week is the following. I think a tweet came out where Nintendo stated it wouldn't, it, will, it won't be a while till we get an entire new regular direct and not to get our hopes hopes up for any big news release in the year. Do your do you dads think a lack of Nintendo direct or game news in general will affect Nintendo podcasts, shows like your show or other Nintendo outlets? Do the dads have backup plans for any shows or weeks where there's literally no news going on in the world of Nintendo? My apologies if this is personal information. I'm just wondering 
Um, I wonder if this is what you dads were referring to when you were referring to the dark ages of the Wii U. <laughs> Thank you again for your time. Um, Adam, let's go to you. Nintendo not really having a chat about what they're doing. Uh, and especially, I guess, as an outlet that, that provides some coverage, right, and provides reviews and, and, and provides it and say, how does this impact you guys or does it at all? No. Like, there's so, like, what do we have, four games tomorrow? Yeah. Like, there's no shortage of stuff coming out. Like, even if it's not in Nintendo, like, they got Xenoblade this week, they got Clubhouse next week. And then there's that wall period until, wall period, it's what, a month? Yeah, until a month, Origami a month. King comes, right? Yeah. So, but in between that, like you said, the Outer Worlds is next week. Uh, a bunch of games coming out tomorrow. There's always Nintendo stuff to write about. And I think as we get closer to E3, you're going to start seeing those other drops from different companies. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a great question, kind of like from the dad's perspective. I mean, it, it does, it, you know, I don't think it's, um, I think what we saw last time from Nintendo in the dark, the dark ages of the Wii U that we referred to, right, was that like there wasn't really games that came out. And and the games that were coming out weren't really great, and Nintendo's communication was pretty thin, right? I mean, I make the joke of, like, we talked about Paper Mario Color Splash for four months, right? So we can stretch any of this kind of stuff out. There's always news, and I think now especially, like, if you think five years ahead to where we where we came from to where we are, the news cycle is so much quicker. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if we're not reporting about, like, I mean, we barely report about Nintendo news here directly from Nintendo. It was... Let's talk about third parties. Let's talk about rumors. Let's. So I don't think it really impacts us. There's always news to parcel out and to dissect. And I think especially right now, as we move into this E3 time frame in the summer of gaming or whatever you want to call it, there's always content for us. So I don't think we're we're overly overly impacted as well. All right. Uh, final question. Again, another one actually comes from Mecha Drake, and I just want to make sure we had these all these questions right. Um, simple question. How do you keep organized with playing video games, work, and whatever skill or talent you want to learn? Um, so basically, how do you balance, how do you balance everything between gaming and family and other skills and just life in general? Yeah, that, that, normally for me, we, we actually don't do a lot of family time. I always spend time with my wife in the evenings. And, you know, no kids at home, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. So it's just, you know, work, some me time, and then spend, spend some time with her in the evening. But, you know, but with, you know, last few weeks with all the home renovations we're doing, that's, uh, it's taken up more of my me time. So that's why I haven't had a chance to play many games this week. So, but, uh, it's, uh, some weeks it's better than others. You know, like, like the week, like, like the week after Christmas, you know, for example, I, was off from work, so I had nothing but me time, and was able to put fifty hours into Dragon Quest Eleven that week. So that's almost half the game. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's challenging, right? Like like there are peaks and valleys. Sometimes you're able to kind of carve out what you need to, and you balance your schedule. I think like like as a parent, I think that's you know for for me, I try and get my game timing out. What, like if it's not family gaming, right? So we're not playing something together. It's after the kids have gone to bed, right? Just so that I'm not eating into that time. And then the other part of that is, is also like just managing expectations with my wife, right? Like that's the only time that we get our time together, right? Where we get to just kind of be be adults and be parents and just just take that away, right? So just managing that, it's a hard thing, right? It is very peaks and valleys. And I would kind of argue like when I travel for work, when I used to travel for work, 
Like I was literally gone from my family for an entire week, right? Where I was like work, office, hotel. So my my gaming was like kind of during those peak times, right? Because it was just that was the thing I had, right? And it was that was so it, it's very so I would come off like a week of like, hey, I've you know done it, you know, I've been working, but I've been traveling, so I'm playing a lot of my Switch or my 3DS or whatever it was the time. But like I wouldn't want to play a game for a couple days or two or three or four, right? Just to kind of like not be there. So it it is just a little bit of of a balance. Um, my family game or my gaming used to be like when I was a young, young parent, when my wife was asleep and my kids were asleep, like it was Fridays and Saturdays from like 12 o'clock to 2 a.m. I had like two hours every single, like every Friday and Saturday, though, that was it. And, and, and like the next day, I'd always be a bit crankier, crank or a little bit tired, but that was kind of an important, important time for when I did that. Right. So it's, it's just trying to find that balance for yourself. And, and sometimes, and I think that also changes the games that you play. Right. Like if, if, if it was like, hey, you're a new parent, would you be interested in a 120 hour JRPG? You'd be like, no, I'd be interested in level one one of Super Mario. That's all I can handle right now. Right? And, and those times when I am in a 80 to 100 hour game, you know, I'll do, you know, play after the wife goes to bed. I'll normally be up a few hours extra, like yeah. you just said. So to get a, because otherwise I'll be playing for an extra two weeks. Uh, <laughs> and as previously mentioned, I try to play one game at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think some of, I think uh, the other part of what I'd say here, Mecha Dragon as well, is just setting up boundaries for yourself. Right. So if you're, if you're like, it's a little bit of like, and especially as we think of just being at home or COVID or whatever that is, like, it's so easy to like, okay, I'm going to lay in bed or lay on my couch and watch Netflix or play games all day. It's a bit, it could be very easy. But just setting up a schedule, like, okay, from 8 to 10, presume you have no other responsibilities. 8 to 10, I'm going to go, I'm going to watch Netflix. 10 to 1, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go read a book, I'm going to go for a run, go for an exercise. Do you know what I mean? Like, regiment and schedule out your time. And especially, I think, you know, if you're talking about trying to learn a new skill, carve out that time, right? Time is the finite thing that you have. You you only have so much of it. How How are you going to disperse it throughout your day? So, you know, take care of the priorities of your life, right? The, the things that, you know, I need a shower, I need food, I need these things, take care of those. And then the emotional things that you need, and then kind of ripple it out from there. So I don't know, Adam, how do you balance? Obviously being a very busy guy as well. Yeah, I, when the, I think it was a change in gaming habits, especially with my third kid. Um, and he's only one and a half. So um, I was, I would say a year ago, I was super excited for new Xbox, new PlayStation. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I probably won't get one because mm. I just don't have time. I don't have time anymore to hook up my Xbox, turn everything on, sit on the couch and play. I, the time just doesn't exist. Mm. Um, with my Switch, like I mentioned earlier, I can do it. Like we're rewatching some old television shows, my wife and I, and she has her switch and she'll play Skyrim while we watch and I'll be playing whatever Rune Factory right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit for me, and I, and I feel like it is for you too, um, the benefit is that like my wife enjoys to play some games. Mm-hmm. Like she's not like, no, I'm not touching that. Yeah. So like, um, not a lot, not everybody has that. Like my yeah. wife is 80 hours deep in Skyrim. <laughs> like she loves it. Um, yeah. so, quality time for us some nights is her we have like what we, we joke that we have his and hers couches upstairs <laughs> on each side of the room right she'll be on hers playing skyrim and i'll lay on mine and you know you 
chit-chatting about whatever or even just playing silently but we that's still our quality time it's something we enjoy to do um but you're right it's 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 the priorities of what you have to get done like i have work to do all day um and then i have the kids that need attention yeah um and then my wife and i we like to do things outside of gaming as well um and so yeah there's nights where you know my gaming time especially if i'm working on a review it's it's midnight till 2 a.m knowing that 8 30 i gotta be at the office um and there'll there'll become a time like i i know it in my it like i know deep down there's gonna be a time with the website for sure where it's like okay i'm hanging them up yeah yeah and i I think like that's and that's i think that's what you know anyone would eventually get to Right. We've kind of talked about that here, right? We our cast has changed as well as, as as you hang things up, right? Time and energy and priorities just shift. Right. Um and so yeah, I think it's you know, yeah, it's seasonal in some ways. Go ahead, Adam. For me, there used to be that that allure of a free game mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, like four or five, six years ago, where you're like, Oh wow, I can get this free game. Um, I've progressed in my own life. Um Job wise, I've been, you know, I've benefited from continually moving up mm-hmm. to a point where it's like, I could just buy it and not worry about whether I get it or I don't get it. Like I can, I'm in a place where I can just buy it. Yeah. So at what time, at what point as like a hobby? Cause for me and for games reviews, it's very much a hobby. It's mm-hmm. a hobby for all of us. At what time do you weigh that balance and go, is it worth it anymore? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that's a great point, right? Like, I mean, I think, you know, we've always had the statement of like, we are not delusional, right? Like we are like, none of us are like, God bless. We love our Patreon folks and we love the support they're providing us and the money we make on like Twitch and YouTube and that. And those are all great things. But like, none of us are quitting our jobs, right? Like, like we have like, like, sure, look, if I was a 25-year-old with, you know, no kids, no wife, no, you know, mortgage payments and cars sure, and stuff like this. And, yeah, and, and those like those things. And maybe, sure, we'd give it a shot. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> right? Like, I appreciate what you're trying to do. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely priority shift. So, uh, man, hopefully that was, hopefully that helped you guys. Hopefully that was some good, good insight. Adam, thank you for that as well. I think it was good to kind of hear that that side of that coin i got something i can say too you know I oh yeah you yeah 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 sorry go ahead <laughs> yeah, you again. no i i there's one little piece i wanted to add you guys are all saying pretty much the same thing that i would have said but one thing i wanted to point out especially for mecha dragon because we had a lengthy conversation before or after the dinner show uh earlier or yeah earlier this month uh and he had a lot of questions then but he seems like a young guy who doesn't have kids and stuff like mm-hmm. that right now so um, what I would say, one of the things that I wish I would have known back then is with you, Justin, I had a lot of, you know, you, you schedule time, you do this, that, and another thing, and you, you do the 12 to two type of thing, uh, especially when you're a newer dad type of thing. But before that too, I think one of the things I wish I would have re- learned quicker is flexibility, the ability to pivot that schedule or have blocks of time rather than just from, you know, eight to nine that one hour I'm going to do this. And from nine to 10, I'm going to do this. You know, it's more be flexible, do blocks of time to where, and then you could pivot those times or swap them uh, because things change, life changes, opportunities change, you know, whatever, what have you, but 
flexibility and agility too mm-hmm. is two things I think that should be added to that. Yeah, that's great. No, it's great. You know, and I wish I could say there was like a, a straight, easy, dead answer for you, right? Like, hey, after, you know, between all of our years of experience, here's what we could say, right? But it's so personal to what you need it to be and where you are in your life and uh, and how things shift. So hopefully you can use some of that. And Tim, I, I very much apologize that I didn't ask you. I'm sorry. I'm not no, sorry. Okay. I'm, so, I'm not sorry I didn't ask Jesse, but I am sorry I didn't ask you. Go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, well, well I, I did open the conversation too while everyone was thinking. But another thing I thought of is, you know, my wife still plays EverQuest and she's in a high end raiding guild and raids three nights a week. And that is, you know, pretty much like punching a clock type of job. You know, she's got to, needs to be on between this time and this time if she's going to maintain her status in the guild because they take attendance and whatnot. And, and, so there's a lot of you know other politics that goes on, but at least I know when she's raiding, then I can have my me time. So she doesn't have she doesn't really care about Switch games. I asked her if she wanted to play Animal Crossing. She has no interest. She'll play some Jackbox games from time to time when family's around, but that's really it. So she just she has her games. I have my games. We just do our own thing, and we're both yeah. okay with this. Nice. Yes, it also says slash pizza. If you played EverQuest and then early mid 2000s you'd know what that means <laughs> nice all right uh well folks i think this is a long enough show adam's about to fall asleep i don't blame him it's like quarter after one in the uh in ontario right now so uh, and adam uh, or sorry tim i recognize you in the same time zone i just don't feel as bad for you i apologize um all right <laughs> uh, adam again remind people where they can find you where they can find the website what you know last picture uh website is games reviews plural on both.com uh, Twitter is just Adam Rothel, R-O-F-F-E-L. And then on Instagram, it's just nerdy.mouse.blog. Awesome. Uh, guys, check out Adam. Really, genuinely, like, it has been great uh, over the last five years to get to know you more and have conversations and, and check in and, and be able to watch you kind of change your, your, your jobs and your careers. And, uh, it's just fantastic. So guys, check out Adam and thank you so much for your time as well. Guys, thank we you. wrap up. Wrap up the show. There's a couple things to yeah, big thank you to. Big thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, David Ernsberg, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contrario. Thank you guys so much for your continued Patreon support. Again, guys, thank you to every single person who supports us on Patreon, regardless. Uh, but those are our Patreon producers for this week. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, you can check out our information over at antennadads.org. We have a website. You can do it there. Check it out. Uh, also, check out all of our latest uh, YouTube videos. We literally, guys, have videos coming out every single day. It's crazy. We have it in 2020. That was our initiative. Videos every day. Uh, it's crazy. So do check it out. Subscribe. Watch videos. Thank you for those that are watching, commenting, sharing. We appreciate that. Of course, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are on those things. Uh, man, we appreciate all of your support as well. If you want to email us, send in questions or voicemails, go to nintendodads at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, 929-25-N-DADS or 929-256-3237. Big thanks to OC Remix and the music you hear throughout the show. And of course, if you're interested, subscribe. Go over to go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, Spotify, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us. You should listen there. Subscribe. And by the way, while you're there, Four or five star reviews. None of this BS below that. All right. If you're going to give anything below that, just don't do it. Just go, go, go give like the mega dads a one star review, not us. All right. That's what you can do. That's fine. I'm okay with that, but not us. Four or five. That's what we deserve. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode 282. For myself, 
for Jesse, for Tim, and for our amazing guest, Adam. Thank you so much for your time. Be well, be safe, take care of each other. Bye-bye. Nintendo dads. We sound like the damn Nintendo dads all of a sudden.